Welcome to Transmissions from the Void, Transmission 138. Open your ears to the emptiness that you weren't even aware you were searching for. Listen. The Void is calling. We need to go feed the pigs. And then come back and get more to feed the pigs. All right. Hold my coffee. Put the goose box in the car. Let's go. I'm a mad grandpa. A mad grandpa. Can we go this way? Is it faster this way? Piggies, it's feeding time. I All right, piggies. Like All right, piggies. It's feeding time. They love the tomatoes. theorists 
um, they think that that Trump is their guy, uh, very seriously. In fact, you know, very shortly um, after he announced his campaign to run for president, um, Trump's advisor, Roger Stone, who's also a conspiracy theorist, um, told him that he should get on the Alex Jones show. Um, and so he did, you know, and had a conversation with him. And ever since then, Infowars has been very uh, heavily promoting Trump. Hmm. So um, this is very fascinating to me because Richard McCaslin uh, was inspired by Alex Jones. And this is a person who now, you know, uh, has a friendly relationship with the president of the United States. It's absolutely uh, crazy. Well, if you're thinking the elites are in power and that somebody like Alex Jones is fighting the elites, right? That his, it's his job to give us the truth that the people in power won't give us. Now he is in bed with the people yeah. in power. Um, yeah. and well, this was also, by the way, this is a very shrewd move on Roger Stone and Trump's part. Because they recognized that this was a contingency of people um, that they could reach, you know, and that uh, would admire Trump because Trump promoted birtherism. And so I don't, I'm not saying that Alex Jones' audience is the reason that Trump won, but they were definitely, uh, you know, Alex Jones has millions of listeners and they're very devoted to him. So this is a very solid uh, base of people. Uh, that they knew they could reach conspiracy theorists. They knew if they did some dog whistles, they could reach racist people. And it just became this sort of coalition of people that they rallied behind them. I mean, and, and it worked, right? So, like, it works, so you win. Um, and it, and that leads to then... So, I mean, I think what's interesting, and your book, you really do this well, T, is that... Um, you connect those lines from the Bohemian Grove to where does it go, like when you go all the way. And I've seen people in my family go all the way from Alex Jones to what do you think about we fake the moon landing and the earth is flat. Right. Yeah. Right? And I've seen, I've just seen that, you know, I've seen the through line and connecting that, you're like, like hold on a second it's one thing to think that the elites because that's something that seems it can unify both sides it's the left and the right that's uh bernie sanders eat the rich at the same time and david ike and the lizards i mean david ike gets a touch anti-semitic in there um but like that's that idea that there's this elite around us and they are, you know, whether it's going to be capitalists or the government or whatever, they're going to be using people. Um, and so that can connect people. And But then getting to ride the train to, um, I don't think that NASA is telling the truth. Uh, you know, that's, that is like that, you watch that happen. And where do you think, I know you talked to um, a psychiatrist not sure if a psychologist or psychiatrist. I know it's a different thing, so I don't want to get those two mixed up. Um, but the, that's why I was wanted to talk about gateway conspiracies. Because if you're, you know, you kind of get in for the penny and then you go in for the pound. You're like, yes, the government is lying to us. Two, I don't think that space exists. Um, 
I don't think that space exists. I don't um, think that space exists. I don't um, think that space exists. I don't um, think that space exists. I don't 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 I don
you know, what were the personality types or what was some of the kind of psychology that starts with something you think could be reasonable and ends with something that is probably not reasonable? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I think a lot of people get hooked on charismatic people that are able to make their arguments, even if it is outlandish. So, you know, um, Richard told me that he liked Jones, uh, Alex Jones, because he thought he was a truth seeker. He's very in your face and kind of fearless, you know. He uh, would sneak into the Bohemian Grove. Uh, he did the style of ambush journalism a lot, where he'll just sort of, um, you know, see a politician walking down the street and he'll run up to him and stick a microphone in his face and start asking him questions. So uh, I think a lot of people probably are introduced to a media person like Alex Jones that they might not believe him at first, but the more they listen to him, the more they're sort of jiving with with, what the guy is saying, you know. Um, Or, you know, I I mean, I don't really believe the conspiracies about 9-11, but I can see why people would think that, right? Because they'll find some things that are very suspicious looking. What about Building 7? How did it collapse by itself? What about you Building know? 7? Right. Right. I've, well, thought, but, I've thought it. They find a question or something like that that kind of hooks them. Um, another thing I really want to mention is, I'll tell you who a huge, huge culprit is uh, right now, is YouTube. Um, so I went to a Flat Earth conference for part of my adventures here. Um, and I found a study that that uh, they had done a survey, and they found that almost 100% of flat earthers got hooked on the idea through YouTube. Wow. They were watching something else that was kind of conspiracy related, and YouTube pushed these videos like, oh, you're interested in that? Maybe you'll be interested in this. Um, but yeah, that study was like, uh, Almost every participant said YouTube. The only person who said that he hadn't got hooked on it through YouTube was because his daughter and her boyfriend had seen it on YouTube and told him about it. So really, pretty much 100%. Um, now, YouTube is starting to address that. A lot of social media platforms have been trying to crack down on flat earth or anti-vax or they'll ban uh, Alex Jones or something like that, but in most of those cases, it comes too little too late, because by the time they get around to putting the fire out, it's already caused this uh, movement or group of people who have connected. You know, and this idea though that, um, I mean, people when they get into these kind of theories and and they go in and especially um somebody like richard mckaysland the phantom patriot he he gets into it um and starts reading all the books i mean in fact i was just listening to a joe rogan podcast today with tim Dillon, and they mentioned beyond the pale horse and they're just talking about it like oh yeah beyond the pale horse like it's a really good book until like all of a sudden they you know you know, all of a sudden he mentions a, a base on the moon. And I'm like, what? No base on the moon. And you're, you're sitting there going, like, this is a podcast that 10 million people are going to listen to this week. 
And even though they did question Beyond the Pale Horse as the veracity of it, um, they also just threw it out there. Like, and yeah. so you can imagine if I was like, yeah. oh, I just read about Beyond the Pale Horse in T's book, and I had heard of it before. Um, and, and this That's is a big book, audience. This is a book by Jim Cooper, right? And it, it's uh, one. William Cooper. William Cooper. And it's a seminal, it's a seminal work in the, like this, con, the, the conspiracy world. Um, mm-hmm. And it just gets thrown out there. You think that maybe there's like maybe two million people that they've heard about this the first time today or whenever that podcast came out. And then they might look it up and they might watch people on YouTube go through it. And um, it extreme personalities, when they get extreme beliefs or, you know, presented with information like that, um, they can become dangerous as we've seen you you, you talk about the guy that bro, you know broke into that uh pizza place in washington dc right. and he was gonna save the kids in the basement all right piggies a conspiracy or you know richard mckayslin going to bohemian grove because he thought he might find people in the sex dungeon and free them all right piggies um, uh, that was something, uh, and my publisher was really great because I pitched the book to them, and it was mostly about Richard, uh, but they suggested that I try to uh, kind of tie in the second part of the subtitle here, uh, how the conspiracy theories hijacked American consciousness, and try to explore some other stories similar to Richard. So Richard raided the Bohemian Grove, hoping to uh, save children that he thought were going to be locked up there and then yeah you see this story kind of repeat itself many times after that uh and often it was someone who was inspired by alex jones or Infowars, or in some cases uh, people like glenn beck or um you know other personalities like that and the case when that happened it was just so astounding to me because it was so similar to Richard's story, right? Richard did his raid in 2002. Pizzagate happened in 2016. And here is a guy with the same motive. He's a... um, And this is worth knowing, too. Richard was not a conspiracy theorist for a long time before his raid. He saw this documentary by Alex Jones, and then that was kind of it. And the Pizzagate guy, same thing. He saw a video on Infowars... And that inspired him to take action because he was very upset at the thought of these children being stored away as, as slaves. So you know, right. I mean, it, it's not just that. Like it, when you hear about children being saved as sex slaves for, for John Podesta's, I get. I mean, you guys have seen what John Podesta looks like. It, he's got a like what? He's got some kind of crazy libido for kids. Uh, Anyway, gross enough, John Podesta. But just that this idea has this, that he's got this unquenchable thirst for pedophilia. Um, and you see that, and you don't do anything about it, and you have a location for it. Right. Guys who are extreme altruists, can you, can, why wouldn't they, why would you let un- injustice happen? We need to go feed the pigs. Oh. And then come back and get more to feed the pigs. All right. Right, right. 
cold and in the then, coffee. I mean, Pizzagate was just even more ridiculous because he was constructed Ooh. through Podesta's emails where he talked about how he liked pizza, and people interpreted <laughs> that code. So, uh, you know, Edward, can uh, we go Welch this way? Was, uh, the name of the guy who read the, the comic this way? Pizzeria. Uh, and very similar to Richard, you know, he, he entered there and he found nothing was going on. Um, and then he got arrested, of course. But I don't think, I think in both those cases, those guys, they weren't like a mass shooter, you know. They didn't want to go into a place and uh, just shoot random people up. They had that very, as you said, altruistic mission where they wanted to save the children. Because they had heard something uh, online. And, and, and so, T, in the, you know, you go out and you stay at Richard's place. First of all, Richard moves to Pahrump, Nevada. Home of Art Bell, the kingdom of nine. The kingdom of nine, baby. Um, and so Richard moves out there uh, at a certain point. You go out there twice. You join him in front of the Bohemian Club, and that's in San Francisco, right? Yes, so the, um, the Bohemian Club is the name of the organization that owns the Bohemian Grove. Club has this big red brick clubhouse in downtown San Francisco. So uh, on the 10th anniversary of Richard's raid to the Grove, he decided that he wanted to have a peaceful protest in front of the Bohemian Clubhouse in San Francisco. Um, so I met him out there and, you know, he gave a little speech. And, uh, and you're uh, part of it too, man. Like, don't you deliver part of this? Like, you do an introduction and stuff like yeah. that. Like, tea joins in. Yes. Um, Last minute, he was like, hey, I need you to introduce me. <laughs> I was like, okay, so I kind of stepped in front of the camera, and I was like, oh, uh, hey, my name's T. I'm here in San Francisco. Surprise. <laughs> Richard's about to give a speech. So, um, I liked being there, and I had actually been hopeful that uh, him doing this would kind of get this out of his system. And I think it did momentarily, um, but he just couldn't shake the path that he was on. And, but, you know, so the thing is, so, so you're staying at this guy's house, you know, when you're in San Francisco, did you guys, like, stay in a hotel room together? Like, was no. he like, oh, yeah, use the, you know, he's like, you can bunk on the couch or something. No, uh, he had a hotel room, and I actually have some friends out there. So I crashed on their couch. Alright, see that. But the reason I'm asking is because someone who Fighting. is a, right, someone who is a convicted arsonist. Yeah. A felon, right? Someone who and like he loses some of his um, uh, sympathy points with his obsession with a country singer. And it, it's worth uh, and I don't want to spoil too much of the book because the story is long, it's sympathetic, it's, he's a human, so he's got plenty of great points and plenty of bad points. Um, yes. 
make him really a threat, in my opinion. Um, you know, he had this moral code where, you know, he believed in good and evil. So, um, I guess I was hoping that he would think that randomly killing me would be an act of evil. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, I think I, I had good communication with him for the most part. Uh, there was a couple of times where he got angry or irritated with me. Um, but overall, you know, I was trying to be pretty honest with him about who I was and what I was doing. So I guess maybe in the back of my mind, I realized that a person like this um, could you know, a snap or something like that. Uh, but I wasn't too worried about it. Um, I actually, when I was younger, I used to hang out with some people who were more violent than, than Richard was. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe I should have... So you were prepared. Okay, no, it's okay. Like, Wendy and I have been in a band for 25 years. Like, we've we've slept on some yeah. floors that were bad ideas. <laughs> yeah. I've hung out with people and done things that I... I was like, wow, as a 43-year-old, I'm glad I'm here. Um, Lucky we made it through. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, think, I think I had a good relationship with him, too, because I think one of the things that he really wanted was for someone to listen to him, which a lot of people wouldn't. So I was one of uh, very few people that would take the time to listen to him. So I think that he appreciated that on some level. Well, that, I mean, um, you know, it does feel like American Madness is a labor of love because obviously since you started that initial communication with Richard, um, you've written, you know, like what, at least four books, probably more, but four books that we've talked about, you know, in the past six years. Um, and, uh, but you've gone through and it, and it, it comes through and the thing is, I don't think anyone else could
out of control, T. Um, yes. We have uh, open QAnons, and you talk about QAnon in the book, supporter running for Congress. We have, I had friends of mine today putting pictures up of Hartford, Wisconsin, this uh, post office, like all these post office boxes, these, these postal boxes, like um, all in, uh, like saying that the post office, like, you know, that the post boxes are being moved on purpose. Um, we are living in conspiracy Than us, to, we gotta fight the fascists. We gotta don't fight reuse. 
it's just like it's actually dangerous it's not just like oh this guy or this person has a kooky idea it's like um, becoming an actual threat in 2020 well and, and, and that's the idea I mean, people are running into pizza places like urban you know I remember when I lived in Minneapolis there was a cool pizza place right down the street in Madison I live across the street from a cool pizza I picked this house part of the reason because I could go to the cool pizza place drink beer until 2 o'clock in the morning or just go and heck get a pizza um, you know and if people don't get that there's yes weird art in the walls and things like this and not symbolism that there's it, it is a, uh, a scary thing so uh, well Richard I mean, to me, he feels his story, and I don't want to get to the end of his story because it really goes through its ups and downs. Um, and he had some wins, and you think, oh man, this guy's going great. Um, and but his story is someone who is like one of those, I don't know, like lost boys, right? He's, his his childhood's rough. His parents aren't great, um, but he's got a lot of ambition drive and in the end that seems that drive and ambition unfocused and misdirected um, seems to point in that wrong direction and I think that's where you guys should pick up American Madness because you get a chance to view maybe if you have a, a super negative view of conspiracy theorists or you think they're on one side of the aisle versus your side of the aisle this book gives you a little closer perspective on how uh, no matter where you land on the political spectrum, you're still a human and you have to look at people through that lens. And so, um, anyway, that's a good way Thank you. And so, uh, American Madness by T. Krulos, the story of the Phantom Patriot and how conspiracy theories hijacked American consciousness. Um, you guys are watching this later. Uh, you can still just click on this link right here. Um, jump to it and pick up a copy for yourselves. It is worth a read. Um, I've read it. I, I finished it up the last like 50 pages. Um, I did not even leave the bathtub today. I read the whole thing. I did not finish it. I mean, did not leave the bathtub today. Um, but that's not all the exciting news we're talking about today. Um, now that we finished talking about American Madness, I want to just jump to real quick everybody something really exciting coming up and t you're not only an excellent author you also are the director of the Yes. 
check that out. Uh, so Wendy and I are going to be playing Paranormal Rock for you guys on Friday. It's, so it's October 9th through October 11th. Um, we're going to have some music. Also, all of us here are ghost storytellers. Find pants that aren't And flesh. so we're going to have a chance to all tell ghost stories to everybody. And you're going to hear some stories from Milwaukee, um, Waukesha, Madison, Twin Cities, Lake Geneva. Like, we're going to have... Um, just a, a virtual campfire. Right, a virtual campfire with ghost stories. Um, <laughs> Scott Marcus from What's Your Ghost Story. Your he's keys. working on a new edition of Haunted Road Trip. Um, cool keys. places, and he's got a whole bunch of places. Like, well, I bet that these guys goodbye, have never heard we of. Wanna say um, hello. That he's working before on. Before we say goodbye, um, we want to say hello. I know. Hello. Sorry, hello. I, just, I got so excited, I punched my microphone. Um, <laughs> my sister, Allison, she's got a whole new, she calls it the bride of Milwaukee Fortiana. So she's got a, like a, a whole year, <laughs> year's worth of new stories um, that she's been working on since the last year. Um, Don't reuse needles. Don't reuse needles. From Vice don't reuse. Don't reuse. Don't reuse. Don't reuse. Don't reuse needles. He's working the show Mysteries Dakota on CW, and he's um, helping figure out some kind of like UAPs. What's the you know what's happening with now that the Pentagon's opening a UFO division? And you right? may lose weight. How can I sign up? Like my Marine friend, my, my friend's like a Marine and you may lose captain weight. or whatever um, on like the West Coast. And he like, he like puts this thing on my uh, Facebook. He's like, Defense Department opening up. And I'm like, okay, how do I, can you pull some strings and get me assigned to this division? Uh, like I'll go through boot camp. I don't give a shit. I'll do it. Um, but uh, he's trying, and the thing is like normally he's not going to come out to but um, we can get them in, like, because it's going to be virtual. Um, what, what's everybody doing anyway? Right. 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 Just talk to us on your phone. Um, get them. Paranormal Investigates from Milwaukee. Obviously, Nino's great. Coming back. Ron from Racine. Uh, Paranormal Investigators. And so we're thinking of interesting ways where we can have uh, paranormal. Like, what's your best paranormal evidence? Let's let's knock it out. Like, every, you know. What's your, what's your hottest EVP um, kind of thing? Alright, piggies! And, and so it's, it's really exciting. I guess they don't like that other thing. Do you need a, a bag or something? T, what carton? part are, uh, you they know... What part are you most excited about this year or something you're like, oh, I'm glad we could try to give this a shot this year uh, that we haven't done before? Um, a couple of new people. My friend Heidi uh, said she's going to do a ghost story happy hour. Awesome. Um, he's a really good awesome. uh, storyteller. Um, my friend Kelly Teague is going to lead a session called the Pop-Up Death Cafe. Whoa. And he's just sort of a discussion group where people can just talk about anything related to death, which is, you know, kind of considered to be taboo in our culture. Um, so this gives people a place to just, you know, ask questions and talk to each other. And about, Ke- like Kelly know. works at a funeral home too, right? So she walks the walk. Yeah. Like she right. has to talk to regular people about their families passing, like, you know, the most important people in their life, like, Ooh. moving on. And, yeah. um, 
having right, I was thinking about this this weekend to tell you the truth um, because I was talking to some people about I guess they don't like that funerals people. in the 20th century I mean, or like because I remember my mother would tell me about how funerals used to be in the like parlor and then come back whenever, and get more to of their house of other house and she said when she was a kid back in the 1940s in the south side of Milwaukee um, the body would just lay in the main room for three days while people would come and visit and that used to scare the shit out of her because <laughs> she's like oh my god there's a dead body in this room and, um, and now we're so I mean we're so separated from it yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, it's great, and it's uh, you know those are things that you can do uh, as sort of an online thing. You know, have a discussion group, um, have a special guest from out of state, like you said. Uh, the thing I'm looking forward to the most, though, I think, is not having to physically run from room to room around the center, trying to tr- troubleshoot or find people or answer questions. You know. Well, we have to say that your your conference has been one of our favorites over the years, mm-hmm. and we've been to a lot of them, T, so you do, you do a yeah. great job. And, we always have good time. And we thank you for, um, because I know it is really stressful for you, but but you, you pull, pull it off, and it's always been so much fun. We always look forward to it. So it's we will look forward to to this one, too. Right, and the, the big thing is, it's free. Yeah. MilwaukeeParacon.com slash register has all your information. Jump on, just sign up, even have, we have a bunch of speakers listed up there um, from me, T, Wendy, Allison, my sister, Scott, Wendy's fiance. Yes, the usual sus- suspects are going to be there, but there's going to be a lot of cool people and a lot of interesting, exists. very uh, obviously Milwaukee-centric um, places that if you're interested in Southeast Wisconsin, um, you're going to learn a lot uh, and have a lot of fun. I don't think that space exists. Yeah, and so um, we just want to encourage everybody to check it out because the thing is, October 9th through 11th, there's going to be a reason for you to hang out in front. So the thing is, if you're if you're looking to decrease your screen time, save it for the 16th. There you go. Right. Go outside and get your fresh air now. You know, and and uh, one of the you know. Um, Return to Wildcat Mountain. Linda Godfrey was working on a, uh, a film, so she's taking the year off for health reasons. So, she, so she's kind of like not doing. But her son Noah, the director of Return to Wildcat Mountain, um, is uh, is going to be involved, um, working on some more paranormal films and stuff like that on Sunday. Uh, but this idea of music and art, trivia, happy hour, um, Friday night paranormal discussions with people as, uh, you know, from people as interesting uh, as T talking conspiracy theories and American madness. Um, our friend Melinda Mitchell to talk about her museum of mortality that she's been working on. Um, yeah. To uh, probably the only real, one of the few real parapsychologists in the United States, um, Brenda Masulo is going to come on uh, from Haunted Theories and he studied at the University of Edinburgh. Um, really, there's like probably less than a dozen parapsychologists in the United States um, who have studied it at a at a college level, and and so it, there's a whole bunch of exciting things happening on Saturday, and then Sunday is going to be films, uh, tours, and um, more fun. So if you are on the intellectual side of paranormal, uh, Saturday is going to get your really 
that. Um, if you like music and fun, Friday night is the time to bring a glass and have a good time. And then Sunday's a chance to explore some spaces that you might not have a chance. And it's going to be a lot more fun than watching people do it on YouTube because you'll be able to ask questions while they're doing it. So, um, walkingpair.com slash register. If you guys like the kind of stuff that Wendy and I are doing um, every week, patreon.com slash sunspot music um, is the place that you guys can go to for that. And of course, all the Patreons, we're going to give you backstage access to the Milwaukee Paracon. Even though, even though backstage <laughs> might just be like a, an extra camera over here. Um, but it's still going to be... The thing is...
say goodbye. We want to say hello. Before we say goodbye, we want to say hello. Before we say goodbye, we want to say hello. Flatline, flatline audio, one thirty eight, flatline audio, one thirty eight, one thirty eight. Oh! 